Others believed it was some sort of an ape. Others believed it was uh, some sort of a creature from somewhere else. But we had had them. Um, they were they were classified by different uh, categories, and you and I had talked about that, and I had told you about that back when you were with the other podcast, and that uh, young man on there decided that he would be the one who comes out and says, oh, you know, this is a, a class this, and this is this. And, well, I'm the one who told you that because that's how they were classified within the system. And within the classification, let's say we have a, uh, a type one. Well, under that are seven different subspecies depending upon geographical location. And that was never put out there. You never mentioned that in front of him. So uh, he didn't have all the information on that. But these things vary greatly depending upon geographical locations. And they had still been thought probably up to about 1965, that there could possibly still be the Russian super soldier. Now, the Russians had seen them also, but the Russians did not think there was anything that we had done because their people who live out remotely, they knew about them. And the Russians had had encounters with them, even in Moscow, parts of Moscow today that are part of the city back in the 1950s and 60s was swamp land and, and it was not uh, developed like it is today. And there were hundreds of encounters of especially farmers out there uh, fighting with these things, physically having altercations with them because they plant stuff and it would grow pretty fast because of the way the, the ground is there. And these things would come in and try and steal the food. And the Russians are pretty tough people. They don't put up with a whole lot of crap. So they would just, they would fight with And sometimes they get killed, sometimes they wouldn't. And uh, I know that the Russians had, had uh, killed several of these things at the time because we had a couple guys who defected from Russia that I worked with. And we got into a discussion one night, uh, sitting around drinking some beers about this subject. And this guy told me, he goes, we have them too, they're real. And they, part of their training and their uh, survival training is what to do if you encounter these things. It was very interesting, their perspective on it. Their the whole outlook on it, nothing like it is here in the United States. Because here, it was always told, and it started at the higher up level, and coming down, that if you uh, say you saw something like this, you, know, you could lose your security clearance or you could be uh, set have a mental health evaluation. And you know that can kill a guy's career in the service. So you don't want to do that. And a lot of people just didn't want to talk about it. Or if they did do a report, that was the end of it. They got the reason. You didn't see what you saw and keep your mouth shut. And every now and then, you'll get somebody who saw something years ago and they'll come forward and we'll talk about it today. Whereas they would never do it while they were still in the service. 
the subject, when they were doing the classifications of them, they started grouping them together based upon the uh, sighting and description of what had been seen. So that's when they started saying, okay, this is a type one, this is a type two, this is a type three, this is a type four. Well, then they started finding out that they had these, these subspecies. And in some areas, these subspecies were very violent. And they would just, they would sit or kill you and look at you. And I know that out on the, the West Coast, um, they uh, story about the miners that, in the cabin, shot one of these things. These things basically trying to get them. Those out that way, uh, often cannibals, even way back. And uh, I had gotten uh, very interested in the subject, and I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I bet you those old trappers' journals have information in there about this. And so I started digging, and they sure do. There's lots of uh, reports of these things. The Blackfoot Indians had a ton of reports of uh, these things, and they have been passed on to uh, uh, different uh, organizations and different uh, people, even back, like, right after uh, the Army had uh, basically stopped all fighting and, and people started to live on the reservation. So they wanted to go ahead and get their information and when they started finding out about this Bigfoot subject, which they uh, at times they were like you know, they were like, well, uh, it's a very iffy subject and to the tribes, they're just like it's the daily thing. We've interacted with these things for thousands of years, hundreds of years. That's just how it is. And I've said to you about going up and talking to them as first because they uh, used to winter in that massive canyon they have up there with these things. And they all seem to keep their distance and keep their space from one another, but they coexisted. <laughs> We had gone to uh, different areas of the world bringing back this Soviet equipment. And I got talking to some of the locals in different areas. I, I started bringing the subject up. My boss was sort of like, hey, we don't want to do that. And I said, well, I said, we have information on it. I said, I wonder uh, you know, what they know about it. And in every part of the world, they have a name for these things. And they have uh, stories about, and it's mind blowing to me that somebody, let's say in Oregon, is out hunting and they see one of these things, twenty yards of it, and they describe it, and then a guy over in Afghanistan, a Mujahideen over there, describes the same exact thing. Same coloring, same features, same everything. They're not making this up. This is an actual creature. And the government knows this. 
and they've had uh, they've they've been tracking this stuff for a very very long time. They know it goes on. They have been tracking the UFO subject, which that just came out not too long ago, and they know what happens. And it's awful bizarre to me that uh, with what I had been reading, this BLM Bureau Land Management was created around the same time that this subject really started being looked at hard by the government. Now, it's part of that to keep areas where these things can thrive. I believe that it is. And from things that I have read, that is why I think the way I do. Now, did I ever see anything in writing that says this was done because of? No, I didn't. But if you read it and sit back and look at it, it basically tells you that without saying it. Now, when you were in the service, I know you had said about having a few encounters with uh, something and people that, if I remember this correctly, the people you said that from the East Coast had uh, uh, asked you about the, the subject because they had never been around it, and it was always presented as it was a West Coast thing, not an East Coast thing. But the uh, stuff that we had, there was a lot of stuff on the East Coast there was stuff in the Midwest. There was things that come in from areas that you would, would even think of that these things would, would be near or around. So you get out in the Midwest where it's very flat, that's open farmland for as far as you can see. I mean, if you're on Grandway, you can see it for three days while it's running. And they have sightings uh, of these things. They're here on the East Coast, where I am currently, these things are seen around you know, larger cities. None of these things that I know of have been seen in any of the cities. But all the stuff that we had on them, at that time, they had been seen, and this was up through the 80s, they had been seen within probably 10 miles of a, of a city limit. And out there, on the West Coast, you know that there's a lot of, a lot of rugged areas, like Northern California. Uh, your population isn't uh, as big as, like, let's say, it's in Los Angeles, if you're up in the northern part of the, the country up there. And a lot of these reports had come in from that area. And there was a... I need, to, I need to word this properly without giving too much away. But there was a team of uh, special operations that had encountered a small group of these things. And they went back out with one of those little 16-millimeter video Recorders and they video these 
and they had like sticks and clubs, and they were sort of sparring with one another. Well, one of the guys that was in that uh, was a very religious young fellow, and it didn't sit well with him. And they got finished doing what they were doing because they were out there for about eight days. And they finished the video and sent it. And we saw the uh, edited version. Our Intel guys put the entire video together so that it flowed well. This young guy had sort of a nervous breakdown and had asked to be moved from there. So he got sent to the East Coast into a non-operational uh, billet. And he started drinking heavily. And about six weeks later, he took his own life. That's how bad it affected him. So the subject doesn't set well with everyone. Uh, same as it does with, with people who you know, might be listening to the podcast or watching it on television or that even just read about it, they're very curious about it. There are some people out there that cannot handle uh, if they actually did have something to want. And that's part of the reason why they keep this so uh, subdued in the public eye, because they don't want public hysteria going on over it. Now, in the future, Will it come out? Very possible. Uh, these TV shows that have come out in the last 10, 15 years, I believe they're trying to break the public in to do this, just like they did with the UFO subject, because uh, all these movies that have gone on since the 1970s about the whole you know, Lion's Officer deal and Green Man and all that, uh, that has been pushed in. Uh, Hollywood and these TV shows where these guys are are uh, going out looking for these these creatures now. They're I believe they're breaking the public in so that they don't go okay. Well, you guys aren't actually crazy anymore. This is actually real, and it probably will come out in our lifetime. When I don't know because I'm not in that world anymore, but. It will come out. I just, I'm just not sure when it's going to happen. I remember years ago, I told my parents about the whole UFO deal. And I said, it'll come out within your lifetime. And my parents were like, oh, you know, saying, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I said, I'm telling you. And when they came out with the thing where the government had a whole presentation on it, my mother was like, oh my God, you was right. And they uh, they just couldn't believe that the government would come out and say something like that because for so many years they said, oh, you know, if you see something like that, you got something wrong with you. These things don't exist. There's nothing to it. And, and right on down the line. But this subject will come out eventually. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. That's all one of the higher-ups to, to do all that. Now, some of the other things that you and I have talked about is uh, different reports that people talk about. And 
procedures that, that people talk about and, and uh, different attacks, different uh, uh, traveling. We had proof that these things, about 80% of them, actually migrated and they would close down the, the bombing ranges um, in spring and in fall so that these things, they call it range maintenance, and these things would actually pass on the range. And those ranges out there, they can tell you the jackrabbit boots. And they knew what went on. And they would just close it down and let it, let it do its thing for a week or so. And then they would open everything back up after it's finished and uh, you know, move on from there. 